0: This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Thursday, September 24, 2009. I'm Caleb Brown. It has been two decades since the fall of communism in Eastern Europe. In that time, current Czech Republic President Václav Klaus has seen the intense, if surprising, resistance to a massive-scale transition away from central planning in favor of markets. Klaus spoke at the Cato Institute September 21st, 2009, to mark the 20th anniversary of the fall of communism. This is the first of two portions of his speech. It is not by chance that this conference is organized by the Cato Institute. On this side of the Atlantic, Cato has been for a long time one of the most important institutions devoted to defending and promoting the principles of individual liberty, limited government, and free markets. I learned a lot from Cato. When communism collapsed, and we were finally free to travel to the Western world, we found many friends here. I remember my first meeting with Ed Crane and Will Niskanen and many of their collaborators, not long after the Velvet Revolution. And um, as Ed mentioned, I was pleased that Cato published my book, The Rebirth of Liberty in the Heart of Europe, more than 10 years ago. As a side remark, I saw upstairs that the book is sold there. But Ed, I must admit that its irrelevance and obsolescence is quite visible because I discovered that it sold at $2 price. <laughs> it, really, it really demonstrates something, and um, it's good to know capitalism. It may be surprising uh, for some of you, but the fall of communism remains to be a rather controversial topic at least in our part of the world. There are several competing interpretations, both of the fall of communism in the year 1989 and of the following radical radical restructuring of our societies. That's the reality. We have to live with the fact that there does not exist any generally accepted theory on the subject. Another point is that I Personally, I'm not happy with many of the interpretations I see around. Most of them are based on a misleading and very biased storytelling, which does not take into account the broader picture and which doesn't use the available instruments, concepts, and theories of well-established social sciences. This storytelling also exaggerates the role of individuals and especially of those individuals who are presenting the story and who see themselves as the real heroes of that that era. This is something that bothers me. Any serious debate must start with a workable hypothesis of the dominant features of the communist system and of the reasons which led to its so rapid termination. Since the very beginning, I have been advocating the rather unpopular concept that communism was not defeated, that it collapsed or simply melted down. Looking at it with the benefit of hindsight, I I don't feel I have to change this 20 years old position of mine. Communism was at the end of the 1980s already too weak, soft, old, and emptied of all meaning to exist much longer. Those who didn't see it in that way at that time proved to be wrong. Some people are, of course, not happy with this interpretation because it greatly diminishes their role in this this process. The transformation from communism to a free society was a very fragile mixture of an inevitably imperfect and fragmentary constructivism of rules and institutions by the politicians and of a spontaneous emergence of markets, markets in a broader sense, which was luckily an unorganized, unplanned, uncoordinated outcome of activities of millions of finally free people in our countries. This is something we have to insist on, and only on this basis we should evaluate the whole process and the role of politicians in it. Some of us are satisfied with what happened. It may be partly because we knew that it would have been a tragic mistake and a complete misunderstanding of the meaning and nature of the market economy to aim at constructing and permanently regulating markets as many of our contemporaries, both friends and adversaries, wanted. The markets can't be constructed and overregulated; They must evolve and be left to themselves. The same is true about political markets. I am convinced this is fully in the spirit of the Cato Institute. At the beginning, in the first years after the fall of communism, we had to go through the highly politicized dispute between those who wanted more constructivism and less spontaneity, and those who knew that this ambition was nothing else but an attempt to legitimize the continuation of a slightly reformed status quo of the perestroika years. This dispute was misinterpreted and mislabeled, some of you may remember, as a dispute between the schools of gradualism and of shock therapy, um, which was the case, this misinterpretation was the case not only in the post-communist countries, but in the U.S. as well. These terms have been almost fully discredited, but I am repeatedly frustrated when I see them re-emerging again and again. I hope they they will not be brought to the fore here today. Some people still do not know how complicated and how unpleasant and painful the transformation process really was for many of our fellow citizens. It was not a painless laboratory exercise in applied economics. It was all very real, and the citizens of our countries had to bear its non-zero costs measured in the fall of real income and employment. Mentioning a laboratory, I have to insist that we were not able to organise any experiments and didn't intend to to do so either didn't intend to do so either, because we already lived in a highly democratic political setting. We were not tsars, kings or authoritative rulers of any kind our task was to minimize the costs of this inevitable fundamental systemic change and I have many times emphasized that there are not only no free lunches but no free systemic changes either. It was a very costly process. Most of the politicians who were in charge of the reforming countries at this very moment were well aware of this. They had, however, a mixed mandate. They felt relatively very strong support for rejecting, abandoning, and dismantling the oppressive communist political regime, as well as its irrational and unproductive economic system but there was no clear idea or vision where to go. There were not many of us who were ready to openly say that they wanted capitalism, and some of you remember in my terminology markets without adjectives. Most of the people in our countries were afraid of afraid to openly say that they wanted capitalism and free markets. They were dreaming about various kinds of third ways. This is almost forgotten now, but the reluctance at that time was, in this respect, enormous. Václav Klaus is president of the Czech Republic. He spoke at the Cato Institute's event marking 20 years since the fall of communism in Eastern Europe. You can watch the full event at Cato.org.